Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. How many people enjoy last Sunday preaching? About repentance. Amen. Do you repent yet? <laughs> Today is a long message. I could not finish in one Sunday because we have limited time with the children program. So I believe that I need to do two Sundays and we'll put the same teaching in a one CD together in one message. I will preach only half of it. It's a little bit heavy message, but I believe that the body of Christ needs to hear this kind of thing so that we will be on the right track with God. Amen. Let's start from reading 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the text for this series of teaching called The Way to Victory. We want to get out from destruction, defeat, and what is the way to the victory of God. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish or be destroyed. How many people whom God wants to be destroyed? Zero. God doesn't want anybody at all. Zero person to be destroyed. The question is, are there people in the world who are facing some types of destruction? Physical destruction, financial destruction, family destruction. Are there people like that on earth? Are there situations on earth that doesn't look good? The situation that many people get into desolation or calamity or devastation. Yes, there are. Why? Even though it's not God's will at all. It's not God's plan at all. Because Jesus came to give life and give it more abundantly. But why people around the world, including some church-going people, are facing destruction? Because humanity has the free will. We have the free choice. We can choose to obey God or rebel against God. We can choose to do the will of God and follow the truth. Or we can choose to be rebellious and do our own things. The Bible says clearly that if we do our own things and we follow our own flesh, we're going to face destruction on earth here. And we cannot blame God. God says He doesn't want anybody, including the non-believers, to be destroyed, to perish. But what is the solution? The next sentence says, But all should come to repentance. What is the alternative to perishing or destruction? Repentance. Repentance is the key to get out or the way to get out from destruction. When we know that we are doing something wrong, if we want to get out from the problem, the first thing we do, repent. Repentance is the key, is the way, is a positive word, is a gift from God. Some of us may be facing something that we don't see the way out yet. 
Wow, my financial situation is in trouble right now. I don't see the way out. My family relationship is in trouble, in bad shape right now. I don't see the way out. But there is one way out that God gave to us as a gift. That is repentance. Let me read another passage in the Bible that talk about repentance. Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-four. I will read from New King James first, and then King James. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. In King James version, say, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. Let me read James chapter three, fourteen to sixteen from King James version. But if ye have bitter envying and strive in your hearts. Glory not, don't boast about it, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom, this kind of practice, descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. After we read all the scripture, the conclusion is: if we want to see repentance in our home, if we want to see People turn around out of calamity and destruction. We need to be kind, humble, and gentle. And the Bible say clearly that strife or quarreling is the manifest presence of the devil. The presence of God will bring peace, righteousness, and joy, and love. But the presence of the devil will bring fight, strife, quarreling, hatred. And envy. I want to encourage all of you today, who are listening to this teaching, that you make a decision once for all, once for all, that you will not get involved with any strife, you will not get involved with any fighting, you will not do it, you will not participate in it. You walk away. You will not allow the devil or Satan or demon to come into your home, into your cubicle. At work, into your school classroom, into the church, in the parking lot, wherever you are, you say, "I'm not going to participate in strife and fighting, because if I do that, I open the door for the devil to come into my home, into my church, and to cause more damage in my family, in my society here, in my group here. So we are not going to fight. We are not going to." Have any strife? Yes, we all gonna be tempted to fight and to argue and to raise voice because somebody may come and say something to make us unhappy, to poke into us, and sarcasm us to say something that make us mad, and we are tempted just to fight back and throw the words back. I want to encourage all of you to hold back and say, "I promise God, the strife is not my way." I'm gonna walk in peace and love, and if you can do that, you can help your unbelieving husband to repent. You're gonna help your unbelieving children to repent, because that is the first step to open the heart of people to listen to the truth and to receive the gift of repentance. Amen. The Bible continues to say in Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-five and twenty-six, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps 
will grant them, will give them a gift. What is that gift? Repentance, so that they may know the truth. And when you know the truth, what happens? You shall be set free, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. As a believer, we don't have to be trapped in any bondages, any evil habits. We don't need to be trapped in any kind of calamity or destruction at all, because we have a way out, and that way out is the gift from God. That is repentance. And when God begins to work with us, because we humble ourselves to depend on God to get out from perishing, God is going to show us the truth. We will acknowledge the truth. There are two things in this world, always. Either God or the devil, righteousness or sin, truth or lies or deception. Many people in the world believe in the lies of the enemy. When they believe in the lies, they think that the wrong thing they're doing is okay. That is a lie. Oh, it's okay to cheat a little bit. It's okay to corrupt. It's okay to flirt with a woman and cheat your wife. It's okay, lah. Don't worry about that, lah. So the devil will lie to you, but the Bible say that he need to help us to acknowledge the truth. And the truth that we need to know is that when we are doing something wrong, we are breaking the law of God, and we need to repent as soon as possible. We should not play game with God. When we know the truth, oh, this is wrong. Okay, I repent right now at this moment. The truth will show you what is right and what is wrong. And when you recognize that you're doing wrong thing, and you don't listen to the lie of the enemy anymore, then you can repent and you can get out from destruction. But if you refuse to repent, if you continue in the lies, you continue to do wrong things. What's going to happen at the end? God. Cannot help you. Many believers on earth blame God for everything, but they forget to look at themselves. Actually, I deal with a lot of these people. When something wrong happened, you know what they blame? They blame the pastor. They blame the husband. They blame the government. They blame somebody else. But they never look at themselves and say, "Maybe I have done something wrong that I need to repent." So don't blame God. Don't blame the government. Don't blame. Uncle Sam, don't blame your leaders. You need to repent ASAP to get out of destruction. The word repentance came from four Greek words in the New Testament. One word it means to care afterwards or to regret. Second Corinthians chapter seven verses nine to ten, talking about godly sorrow when you do something wrong and you feel sorry about it. Now I rejoice. Not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner. We can be sorrowful with our wrong actions and wrong motive and attitude, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation. Leading to salvation, leading to victory, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Another meaning of the word repentance in the Greek language it means 
to think differently or to reconsider again to consider afterwards it also means that we feel uneasy in our conscience of the wrong thing we have done we call compunction or we feel uneasy maybe i'm not doing the right thing here i need to change it means change it means change you change your heart and when you change your heart i agree with god this is not right i turn around and i cannot follow the way of god you ch- the change start in your heart and then it will start to change your mind and change your words and your action that's why true repentance will produce fruit produce action matthew chapter 3 verse 8 therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance amen this is the basic of this teaching that we need to repent if we want to get out from destruction today i want to talk about today and next sunday i would like to talk about the question do christians need to repent do christians need to repent or only the non believer that want to get saved at that moment do we need to repent as a believer every single day every single month do we but before i go into that theology explain many scripture today and next sunday this is going to be a little bit long teaching because i want to be clear to you whether we need to repent every day or not let me show you the scripture in the book of jude chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 you need to understand that in order to get out from destruction to be free from bondage two things we need number one repentance number two we need to acknowledge the truth and the devil knows very well in order to keep you in destruction the bible said the thief does not come except to kill to steal and to destroy he want to keep you in destruction he want to steal things from you he want to destroy you and kill you one of the way he does is to give to you deception of false teachings or lies that you don't even know i came from thailand and every time i went to thailand i was very concerned about thai christians because thai christians are so easy to believe everything that come from western country and when they listen to all this false teaching in the youtube they're like oh yeah 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 they just flow along without studying the bible without looking into the scripture and many people have been perished by following the false teaching in the youtube you have to be careful when you watch all the youtubes because not everybody is right so you have to look at the scripture and this problem or false teaching did not only happen today but happened in the new testament time in jude chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 jude a born servant of jesus christ and brother of james to those who are called sanctified by god the father and preserved in jesus christ if you continue to follow jesus he will preserve us my spirit and soul mercy peace and love be multiplied to you beloved why i was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation jude want to emphasize our salvation that comes through the gospel by the grace of god he talk about salvation somebody in that generation trying to twist the message of salvation i found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered 
through all the things. The Bible say here, Jude say, I want to encourage all of you to contend earnestly, to fight for, to hold on to it, to defend the true message of the gospel. He said, you need to stick with the original message of the gospel. Jude tried to say, did somebody sneak in to give the false message of the grace of God, to give the false message of the gospel? We need to fight for it. We need to stand for it. You need to understand one thing. The original message of the gospel, repent, believe in the good news, follow Jesus, turn away from your sin, has never been changed from the day God preached the first message of the gospel in the New Testament. It has never been changed. Amen? God never changes His mind. God did not have an updated version of the gospel every two to three years. We read one, the Bible five years ago. This is 1.1 version. Now, in 2015, we are reading 2.5 version. There's something added to it, something taken away. No, 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 no. No one can add anything into the Bible, and no one can take anything from the Bible. God did not miss anything from the beginning. Whatever the Bible says, it is there and never changed. God never makes mistakes. When He inspired His servant to write the Bible, it's there from the beginning and never needs to be changed. So anybody start to change the Bible and preach something against Opposite to the Bible, you need to understand that is not the version from God. That is the version from the devil. He tried to deceive the body of Christ to be destructive, to be destroyed. Amen? Verse 4, the Bible says, For certain men have crept into unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation or judgment. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God who turned the message of the grace, turned the message of the gospel into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude explained in verse 4, why do we need to defend? Why do we need to contend earnestly? Or why do we need to stand firm and fight for the original message of the gospel? Because... In every single generation, including today, I noticed that this kind of message in the YouTube, millions of people watch. Millions of people love it. They don't like my message. You know why? Because that kind of message really pleased the flesh. People love this kind of preacher who come in with a message that twisted and distorted the original gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to be careful. We should not listen to the twisted message of the gospel. Let me read from NLT. I'm going to emphasize in verse 4. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed, wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. That is from NLT. How about look at King James Version. King James Version say, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into 
lasciviousness, lasciviousness, lasciviousness basically means lack self-restraint, lack of self-control. It means like this: I'm gonna let myself go and do whatever I want. I don't care whether it's right or wrong, because the grace of God covers over me. I can sin 30 times a day. But the grace of God still cover over me, and I'm fine. That is the meaning. I can do whatever I want. I don't care what God say. I don't care what the government say. I don't care what the house rules say. I'm gonna do whatever I want. I'm gonna let loose myself. If I want to flirt with a woman, I'm gonna do it. I don't care what my wife think. I don't care what God thinks. If I want to watch pornography in the internet, I'm gonna turn it on, and that's okay. The grace of God. Gonna cover me, lack of self-restraint, lack of self-control. That is what the King James version try to say. This twisted message of the gospel is destroying the body of Christ. And today we have those messages in the YouTube everywhere, and millions of people. When I click on it, I saw one million five hundred thousand people watch, and I'm so sad. Those kind of message. And people love it because they can do whatever they want. Amen. In Good News Bible, say, person who distort the message about the grace of our God in order to excuse their immoral ways. People twisted the message of the gospel and the message of grace so that they can give excuse to do wrong things in the eyes of God. My brother and sister, we need to be watchful when we hear this kind of message. We should not accept any twisted or distorted message of the grace of God. After I finish this lesson in two weeks, you're gonna see the whole thing clearly. What I'm coming to, I'm gonna explain from the Bible that what kind of true Christian we should be and what kind of true repentance we should practice. How many people? Who listening to this teaching want the original message of the gospel? How many people say I want to please myself? I'm gonna listen to the twisted message of grace. I hope not. Don't twist the message of grace. Okay. I myself don't want any altered, twisted, distorted message of grace in my own life. I want the real one, the original message that Jesus preached. Mark chapter one verse fifteen. Repent and believe in the good news. I want the true message of the gospel that Paul preached, that Peter preached, that the Bible talk about. I don't want any new preacher today tell me something that is opposite from the Bible. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna listen to them. Period. I want the original message of the gospel. We need to ask God to keep our eyes open, our ear open all the time, that we will not be deceived. Do you notice that the Bible said that the devil and the Wrong men creep in unawares, very subtle, to come to you. Maybe hand you a CD from a preacher, hand you a book from a preacher, and you're not careful. You read that book, you listen to that teaching, and you just say, "Oh, this is good. Now I can sin. Now I can do whatever I want. Oh, great! God's grace is good enough for me." The quote, the word, the grace of God as a ticket to sin, and. Always forgiveness from God, but actually the grace of God is not about the ticket to sin. I'm going to read the scripture in a while. The grace of God is the presence of God to enable you, to strengthen you, to empower you to live a holy life. 
Grace is not a ticket to sin and to do wrong things. Amen. They interpret the Bible in the wrong way. Amen. So those who twisted and distorted the message of the gospel or the message of grace, these people have no respect for the things of God. They just pick a few words in the Bible and make a doctrine, and they forget other verses. These people don't really know their God. You know, if you know God long enough, if you know God, really know your God, the Jehovah, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you know Him, you'll find out that He is powerful. When you come into His presence, you want to be on your knee and on the floor and cry, Holy, 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 the God Almighty. If you know your God, you will know that He is full of truth, not lies. If you know your God, you will know that He will never make one mistake. He never changes His mind. He never changes His message. That is the God that we worship. These people who twisted the message of grace don't really know their God. They talk about the Word of God loosely, irreverently, without the fear of God. It's just to please their past experience. I know one preacher who has been condemned when he was a young man all the time by his relative. So when he became a preacher, he said, because of that experience, I don't want any condemnation. Therefore, no condemnation even though you sin. That's what happened. Because he, instead of picking all the verses in the Bible, he just preached from his own experience. We don't want that. We want to stick with the Bible. Many times, pastor in another country asked me, should we do this? I will always say, look at Jesus. Did he do it? Look at Paul. Did he do it? I'm going to stick with the Bible. This is my standard book. I'm going to stick with this book. And throughout the book, I'm going to stick with the whole Bible. Amen? Amen? So we should have the fear of God. We should know our God. And we should not play game with His Word. We should not compromise His teaching. We should not dilute, twist, or distort the truth of God. And as long as I live in this church, I'm going to preach the truth to you. I'm not going to compromise. Even though you don't like me and leave the church, it's okay. Because my job is to teach you the truth. Only the truth. Nothing but the truth. When you follow this kind of twisted message, what happens? You're going to begin to deny the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why a while ago the Bible said that they deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the word deny can come from different levels, from the level of completely rejecting God or at the level that, you know, God, yeah, thank you, Jesus, you're a good God, but I deny your authority. I don't want your authority to tell me what to do. They deny the authority of God. When you follow that twisted message, many Christians did not start that way. Many Christians love God at the beginning. Oh, they're on fire for God. They go to church. They try to live right. But after a while, the wrong teaching creep into the church or creep into the YouTube and Internet. And people just turn on and enjoy this kind of teaching because it's soothing their flesh. And they begin to creep out of the way of God and follow the wrong teaching. And eventually the result is, we call in English, anarchy. A-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Denying, rejecting, 
authority. Being a Christian means we accept the authority and the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our God. We need to surrender to Him and submit to His authority. But this message will tell us, "Oh, don't worry about authority. I deny any power and authority. I can do whatever I want. I don't care about rules. I don't care about the established order in the house or in the kingdom of God because I am under grace. I'm not under the law. That's what people always quote. No, I'm not under the law. But they quote the Bible only half because even though you are not under the law, but you walk by the Spirit. And when you walk by the Spirit, what does it mean? Okay, they just quote, "I'm not under the law," and then stop. They quote only half of the scripture. But the Bible also say you are walking with the Spirit. The Spirit of God is His presence in you. It's the grace of God in you, and we call Holy Spirit, not evil spirit. It means that the Holy Spirit come in, the grace come in to give you power to be able to deny your own flesh, deny sin. And power of darkness, the grace of God is not a ticket to sin, but the grace of God is the presence of the Holy Spirit, that we can live a holy life. Be ye holy, because your Father, your God, is holy. Amen. Amen. So that is a true message of the gospel. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Don't quote, "I'm not under the law." In fact, when the Bible say, "I'm not under the law," it means this way. I don't have to force myself under the flesh to obey the law, but I have the Spirit inside me who can make me follow the law by the power of God, not by own my own flesh. That's what it means. It doesn't mean we break all the law, just tear out the Bible and say we don't need the law anymore. We can do whatever I want. It doesn't mean that way. We still need the law, but we can do the law by the grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This kind of message, the twisted message of grace, really appeal to the flesh. People like it. They always say, "I am under grace. I can do whatever I want. I don't have any authority. I can walk into the church. I don't care what the pastor say. I don't care what God say. I do whatever I want." And that is big mistake. And these people usually try to quote only half verse of the Bible, and they always form some kind of doctrine out of one verse. And they forget other verses in the Bible. What other verses in the Bible say? Submit to authority. Be holy. God is holy. How about other verses? Subject your body to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not yield to the flesh. Galatians chapter five. They forget all the scripture. The Bible also say, if you walk in the flesh, you face corruption. I want to encourage all of you, because I'm a doctor. I always compare the spiritual life to the medical life. I don't know how many of you have seen cancer with your own eyes. How many of you have seen pus, P-U-S, infection that get into liver, get into the wound, into the brain, into the spinal cord, and destroy people's life? I have seen cancer that spread into the brain. I have seen pus, and the Bible say sin number one. Cause corruption. When I read the word corruption, I'm thinking about pus. I'm thinking about cancer, tumor. I'm thinking about AIDS and virus. Sin caused curses, not only yourself but to your next generation, to the third and fourth generation. 
the curses of sin. Sin also welcome demon into your life to kill you and destroy you. Therefore, please don't get involved in pornography. Period. Because when you turn pornography in your house, you are welcoming the demons of sexual immorality to come to your house, destroy you. And if you love your kids enough, you don't do it. Period. Because pornography will cause corruption and destruction in your life. And not only your life, your kids gonna pay the price too. They're gonna watch pornography when they grow up. If you love money right now, you love money more than God. Repent as soon as possible because you're welcoming the demon of greediness into your life, and it's gonna destroy your family, your kids, your grandkids. I love my wife and my kids enough as a husband. I don't want to welcome any sin and demon into my house. Period. I'm serious. If I don't welcome before I perform surgery, I'm, I'm get excited. I'm preaching now. You know, when I perform surgery, I cannot use the chemical anymore because it irritates my skin now, cause eczema. So I put only alcohol on my skin. I put alcohol on my skin about five times. You know why? Because I don't want even one bacteria to go into my patient body. And why Christian in the world don't care? You invite sin, you invite demon to come to your house, you invite curses, you keep sinning, and you don't care that it's destroying you and destroying your kids, your wife, your generation to come. Hey, don't do it. Stop. Period. Amen. Repentance. Stop. Change. Amen. So before you form any doctrine, this is important. You need to look at other verses in the Bible, and all the verses in the Bible must match, not just one scripture, and then ignore about other scripture. Because if we know the truth, the right doctrine, the right doctrine and the truth will set us free. The grace of God never teaches anarchy, lack of self-restraint, lack of self. Control or rebellion. Don't quote, "I'm not under the law, therefore I can do whatever I want." The grace of God never teaches that way. We need to be self-control. We need to put our body under the authority of Jesus Christ. We need to get out from bondage as soon as possible. We need to repent as soon as possible. But rebellious Christian will say, "I'm not under the law. I can do whatever I want." I will not do what I need to do, and I will do what I ought not to do. I will follow my own will. I have no authority over me. God is not authority over me. No one can tell me what to do. I'm gonna follow my own flesh, my own way. My dear brother and sister, thank God that Jesus set us free, but not free to sin. Free from sin. Many Christian quote this way: "I'm free. I'm free. I'm free." But they say what it means in their heart is I'm free to sin. I'm free to do whatever I want because I'm under the grace. No, we are free from sin, from bondages, from curses, and from the work of the enemy. We are not free to sin. Amen. Hallelujah. Before I finish this sermon today, let me read Titus chapter two. What the grace of God teaches. And then we continue next time. 
Titus chapter 2, 11 to 15. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Hmm. The Bible calls Jesus the grace of God. Jesus is the grace of God in person. Today, Jesus is not here anymore. 2,000 years ago, Jesus showed up. That is the grace of God. Okay? The grace of God is not a ticket to sin. The grace of God is the person. The person of Jesus Christ is the grace of God. And today, the grace of God is the presence of the Spirit on the inside of you. He is in every believer, the grace of God, the presence of the Spirit. Okay? Appear to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. What did the grace of God teach? Do whatever you want. Lack of self-restraint. Continue to sin. Keep on going. Do whatever you want. Is that right? No. The grace of God teaches deny ungodliness, worldly lusts. We should live righteously, godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is one of the motivations that you're going to live a holy life. You remember this, all the brothers and sisters. One day, you and me are going to stand before Jesus Christ. And everything that you have done on earth, He knows everything even though I don't know. You can cheat, you can lie, you can flirt, you can go watch pornography in your own room. I don't know. Somebody don't know, but God knows. And you're going to stand before Jesus that day. And you need to give your account to him. Why you spend time watching pornography? Why you cheat money? Why you cheat your wife? Why you sleep with your secretary? God knows everything. You're going to stand before God. Okay? That make me fear God. <laughs> I don't want to stand before God that day and find out I'm a big hypocrite in the church. I don't want to be a hypocrite who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. He wants to redeem us free from lawless deed, not to sin, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works, not evil works. Speaking this thing, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one despise you. Who? I like this scripture. What does the grace of God teach us? To live a holy life, to repent, to be self-controlled, to put your flesh subject under Christ, not to let loose and do whatever you want. Amen? So quiet today. You love this message. I know that. Oh, don't miss next Sunday. You say, next Sunday we have a good TV show. I'm not going to show up. No, no. God's grace tells us to pursue holiness. Amen? We need to pursue holiness. We should not live a loose, sinful life. We should be serious about repenting about the truth and follow the truth because the false teaching is going to cause a lot of trouble in the body of Christ. When I heard that this teaching is in Asia, Oh, so many Thai people follow this guy who teach this kind of false doctrine. It's so sad. Demons go into their house. Destruction go in because people just have a loose life, sinful life. They can pay gamble, they can kill people. I asked one Thai Christian 
long time ago who follow this doctrine today. Today we have this doctrine too. I ask him, what do you think if you go kill people, just shoot people to die? What do you think? It's okay. I'm safe. Jesus died for me. I can cheat. I can kill people. What? Are you kidding? To say that you're not a Christian to me. This is bad. That people say I can sin, no problem, because the grace of God cover me. They totally misunderstand the word grace to be the ticket to sin. Amen. Some people say like this. Okay, this is another thing in this doctrine. Jesus has carried my sin. He has carried my punishment. Now I am free. Because even though I sin 30 times today, and even the sin that I haven't done in the future, God knows everything, and He carried it away. I'm righteous. He carried the sin away already. I can keep doing sin, practicing sin many, many times a day, and it's okay. Jesus took the sin from me already. I don't need to repent. He bore my sin. He gave me His righteousness. There is an exchange at the cross. That's what they say. Have you ever heard that kind of doctrine in America and in Asia? Yes, the books say that Jesus took my sin. I don't have to worry about because sin consciousness, which means I don't have to feel condemned any longer. I don't have to worry about condemnation. But they forget that salvation is not only by grace. Totally forget. I'm gonna explain in detail next Sunday. Yes, we are saved by grace. But the Bible does not stop there. People just depend on what Jesus did on the cross. The grace of God show up, and I'm safe. Totally miss it, because the Bible say, "The just shall live by faith." You don't only quote the grace; you need to believe. And what Jesus say in Mark chapter one verse fifteen: Repent. And believe in the good news. Do you believe that you need to repent? They just quote the grace, but they forget about faith. Faith without action is dead. True believers who born again will not only depend on the grace that Jesus died on the cross, carry the sin and punishment, but we must put our faith in Him, and put our faith in His teaching and His command. And we must obey through faith, followed by obedience. Period. I will continue in detail many, many scripture about salvation is not only by grace, but through faith as well. Next Sunday, I can read many, many scripture to prove to you that you cannot quote just grace if you say you are saved. You need to walk by faith. You need to obey. Amen. Ooh, heavy subject today, but we need to hear because I noticed so many people in America really love the twisted message of the grace of God because it's so easy. Amen? Amen. Let us pray, Father. We thank you so much for teaching us today, warning us about the twisted message of the grace of God, warning us not to follow that way of destruction. We want to repent every day, Lord. We want to follow the truth. And the truth shall set us free. Father, we thank you so much for warning your church regarding the false doctrine. Help us to come out from destruction, from being perished. 
but we can repent every single day. Lord, help us to be humble, to turn around easily from the old way, from the sinful way. We love you, Lord. We fear you. We have a reverential fear toward you, Lord. You are our master, our Lord. You have authority over us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you send your grace to be in our life. The Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, give us power, abilities, and strength to be able to live a holy life. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. I want to give you a few minutes to bow your head and say sorry to God in certain area of your life that you know you have sinned against God. Some of you may come to church, but actually you have backslidden. You don't care about God. Your mind is on your job. It's on your, on your business. It's on money. You don't really care much about the kingdom. You have an idol in your life. The idol of money, the idol of materials. Some of you may be addicted to something. May be addicted to gamble, to smoke, to drugs. No condemnation in Christ Jesus, who walk in the Spirit. We don't condemn you, but God wants you to repent. Repent if you want to come out from destruction. Say sorry to God. Don't play game. Sin will cause destruction. Repent, God. I'm sorry. I sinned against you. I have wrong. Lifestyle. My heart is not with you. I have an idol in my life. I rarely read the Bible. I don't even care what your word says. I don't acknowledge the truth. I just watch TV. I don't care. I'm sorry, Lord, that I backslid. That I love money more than you, love my job more than you. I change my heart, Lord, today. Change my heart, Lord. Forgive me. May the blood of Jesus cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I know that when I repent and I ask you for forgiveness, I confess my sin. Shall forgive me, and I can start again, a new life. And I come out from destruction, from being purged. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. May the Holy Spirit set the captive free in this room. If they are addicted to certain. Sinful habits. 
if they are bound by the love of money, some bad habits, some wrong motive and attitudes and lifestyles. Lord, may the Holy Spirit set them free, completely free, to serve the Lord, to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up and sing this song together. Can somebody help me sing? I'm not a good singer. Oh, thank you. I don't know you're here. Let's sing this song. Yeah. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you? Change my heart, oh God. May I ever. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. You're the portal. You are the Father, the Heavenly Father, help your people in this church to be able to live out a repentant life. That you put the fear of God into their heart. May the Holy Spirit give the fear of God. Yes, they love God, 
But some of them may lack the fear of God. Give them the fear of God. They shall follow you in awe, in trembling, fearing, reverence toward you. They will repent easily, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Help them in Jesus' name. The reason I like the file of God, because before I met the file of God in 1996-1997, I struggled with my own sin, and I could not get out. Even though I repent, but there's something in me that's stronger than me. But the file of God came in to burn that junk out, burn all the chain. In other words, by the grace of God, He sent the fire into the church. To clean the church, to cleanse the church, to purify his threshing floor, burn all the chaff, all the wrong things in the church, so that we can be holy, and we can be holy bride, purified bride of the Lord Jesus Christ in the last day. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit for purification. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, if today you want me to pray for you, I pray that the fire of God will burn something out of you. You become a new person. Some chain in your life will be broken. How many people believe that God can do that? Break the chain in your life. Hallelujah! If you have something to do, you need to go. I understand. I will pray for those who need to be prayed for. Hallelujah! God give grace to the humble. When you humble yourself to seek God's help, He will give you grace. Thank you, Jesus.
surrender. Lord, I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. Yeah, I am. Here I am. Down on my knees again. Desperate for you. Lord, I'm desperate for you. Find me here, Lord. Find me here, Lord, as you draw me near. Desperate for you. We desperate for you. I surrender. Lord, I surrender.
to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty. 